you're about to enter the most electrifying NFL talk show you have ever experienced. From up-to-the-minute news and notes to... Uh, who am I kidding? Cut. It's a wrap. Let's try this again. with Connor Forrest. Want to get involved? Send us an email to mailbag at connorforrest.com for your questions to be read on air. And now, broadcasting from the great Commonwealth of Virginia. The 101st running of the After for the Review podcast comes at you fast on this February 15th night, th- Thursday already. This week has flown by. God have mercy. Shawnee, 101 episodes. Uh, you reminded me right as we were hitting record that last week was our 100th offering. Um, how the hell did we miss that? Because we didn't look at the stats. We clearly didn't <laughs> look at the stats. How about that? 101 episodes. I need to do some math on how many hours we've done. I mean, because obviously it's over. It's over 100 hours. Yeah, we're probably. Would, well, let's guess. You can't go over. If I had to guess, I would say I'd go 130 hours. Okay, I'm going to go 117. 117. Yeah. All right, 117 hours of content. You might how be, about that? Oh, wow. Okay. Dude, how the hell are you? I'm doing well. How it's are you? It's great to see you on this Thursday. I'm doing great. I'm ready for wings. I'm starving. Mm. This is one of those days. Lent started for uh, for us Catholics, um, for our Catholics and the listening audience. You know uh, our Lenten uh, sacrifice is here, so uh, the, the diet plan has started. The sacrifices are here. Ash Wednesday was yesterday. Did you get your ashes yesterday? No, I didn't. I had to get to work early. You are I just know. an terrible. absolute heathen going straight, straight to hell. hell. <laughs> straight to hell, Shawnee. I had a great story yesterday, so... Um, my parish priest, fantastic parish priest, I went to a late offering of Ash Wednesday Mass, and uh, it was packed to the high heavens. And so I'm sitting, um, standing in the back waiting. You know you know how we do this. You know, you scan, looking for spots. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you see those gaps in, uh, you know, in the pews that are right, like, you know, you see a spot, you go, oh, there's a gap. It's like right in the middle of the pew, sandwiched between two, you know, twelve-person families, and you're like, I can't do that because if I need to get up and get a tissue or something, I'm not doing the side swap, you know, side waddle right through the uh, through the pew during mass. So, the only spot that was open, Johnny, front row, right in the front row. There was oh, nobody in the front row. The judgment zone. Now, I'm actually a front row guy. I like front row. Okay. Um, now, since we've had Matthew, um, we're not front row people, as you can imagine, you know, because he likes to start doing the worm, you know, during mass, <laughs> when it's nice and quiet. So, likes doing the Harlem shake right in the middle of everybody. So, I'm sitting up in the front row, um, and here comes time to do the ashes. So, your boy's right, steps up, gets my ashes, goes, does a circle back around move, sits right back down to the pew, and I'm starting to say my prayers. And I feel a hand touch my shoulder and I look up and it's our pastor. Um, this is a massive church, by the way, St. Teresa's that I go to here in Ashburn. It's a humongous church. Um, and he puts his hand on my shoulder and he says, Hey, I need your help. And I said, uh, what's up? He goes, I'm about to do something unprecedented. I said, Oh boy, what is this? He goes, I need you to do the ashes. I said, what? you need me to distribute ashes. All right, let's do this. So I walk right up with him. Now, I think I'm wearing this outfit. What am I wearing? Reebok shirt, like kind of a sweater. Jeans and these monster size 15 Nike basketball shoes. So I'm not dressed apart whatsoever. But up I went, right up to the altar, got those ashes. And he said, hey, come on over here with me. You know what you're doing, right? I said, yeah. He goes, remember you are dust and to dust you shall return. Sound good? Done. I just stepped up there. Bam. Started doling out ashes. Wow! So it was uh, it was a bucket list item for uh, for a uh, you know for for a fellow Catholic, but um, very eventful, fun Ash Wednesday. Um, but I, I I tell you that to tell you this: the longest story of all time. 
I'm starving. Uh, I'm ready for wings. And tonight we're going to murder them. Uh, but before then, we have an episode to get to. Uh, I do want to get some, um, I guess, business out of the way. I picked up on today the fact that a couple of our episodes, um, most recently two weeks ago, but a couple weeks back I found one in December that didn't get posted. Mm. Um I did. I was in contact. I was on the phone with our uh, hosting platform trying to figure out what, what the hell was going on. Um, now, I do not pay a monthly subscription for this platform, so I can't threaten them with anything, and they certainly can't give me back anything. Um, but nonetheless, it looks like we have it figured out. I, I we, We've got the issue sorted. Because um, we, we were publishing them. They just weren't they, they were, publishing they, on their end. I don't know how I ended up figuring this out, but it was earlier this morning when I was on our feed doing something. And I try to check in on the website. I try to update the podcast website. I try to update my personal website. Um, at least every couple days, I take a look at it, make sure everything's up to date. And I just noticed that there was an episode missing. I was like, wait a second. I, I'm pretty sure I published something. And sure, I, I went back and gave them a call and um, I could see there was some sort of issue. So um, a gentleman on the phone started giving me really, really long IT terms of servers and data, something. So listen, I'm going to stop you right there. Fix it. And then we're good. I'll get off the phone, go left. You get off the phone and go right. And my hope is we never speak again. Um, so I think that is rectified. Um, apologies to everybody out there if you um, if you missed us the last couple of weeks. It is not for lack of speaking or lack of trying. Uh, me and Shawnee are here and uh, we are back. So today is going to be a little bit of a quicker episode because we're just going to focus on the Super Bowl that was. Um and next week, we are going to bring back the mailbag, which I'm excited about. I love bringing back the mailbag because we haven't done it in a little while. Mm -hmm. um, so the mailbag will return. We're going to take a trip around the world like we did before and uh, and really kind of get a kickoff on the offseason and what's to come because the NFL season is officially in the books. And um, I would say very confidently the best team in the league won the Super Bowl. Can you give me just an overall, as of right now, before we get into the Super Bowl, Sean, can you give me an overall thought on your satisfaction level of this NFL season? Of this NFL season? Hmm. That's a good question. You know, I, I, the, when someone says the 2023 season, I'm instantly going to think of injured quarterbacks. Remember how many injured yeah. quarterbacks we had? Yeah. I'm going to think of that, but then I'm going to no think doubt. this was one of the best Super Bowls I've seen. It's tremendous Super Bowl, and yeah. to cap it off with that, I you know I gotta I gotta be left happy. I really do too. Um, I think Vegas has proven itself to be a city where if they announced that the Super Bowl every year is going to be in Las Vegas, I would be more than happy. Mm -hmm. um, they they look. I mean, they can host anything. They can host any production of any kind, and they did so very very well. Yeah, this season of injured quarterbacks of um, obviously my team being. Uh, what they what they've always been is irrelevant. Like not even like irrelevant is the worst you could be. You could be good, you can be elite, be mediocre, you can be bad, and you can be irrelevant. And and my team's been irrelevant for way too long. Um, it's really the first time your team has sat in the really bad category for yeah. a very long time. Yep. Um, so definitely new for you. But I mean, I think the you know think about it. let's just. Off the top of our heads, obviously the Aaron Rodgers injury week one, which is mm -hmm. brutal, Monday night football. Uh, obviously, you have like Kirk Cousins leaving just derails the Vikings. Yeah. Um, Deshaun Watson being out. I mean, who knows how good he really was. Uh, Joe Burrow being out. I mean, think about more. I mean, Justin Herbert was out for Justin a Justin right? Herbert was out yeah. for a little bit. Yeah. I mean, he's always in and out, it seems like. Um, but just just a year of, of really tough injuries on the quarterback front that that really did reshape a lot of a lot of teams. Um, you had some highs, uh, teams that were really out kicking their coverages here, like the Texans. Mm -hmm. And you had teams that flamed out desperately like the Eagles. And you had teams that you thought were going to be better like the Jaguars and never really panned out like the Chargers. You thought, you know, we're, we're finally going to make some sort of push and they, they never did. You had a, you know, how do we have two mid season coaching fires with Frank Reich and, and Josh McDaniels with the Raiders and the Panthers? That sounds right. Yeah. So. It was eventful. It was eventful to say the least. You had Cinderella runs like the Lions. So so over the course of the next few weeks, there's so many things to, to break down. And by the way, we're, we're a couple weeks away from the combine. Um, and the draft is, I mean, literally, Sean, we're, we're talking about March here. We're at the 15th 
of February. When you are going to be listening to this, it will be the 16th. But as we record, we're two weeks away from the end of February, which, you know, I mean, we're talking the, the lesser part of two months until the draft, which is which is absurd. Um, so we have uh, so, so many trees to swing our axes at in the weeks to come. But next week, we're going to bring back the mailbag. So on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, all of them, um, and especially our old classic way you heard in the intro, emailing uh, mailbag at conoforce.com. We're going to get your questions. We're going to get them read, and uh, we're going to have some fun with it. Um, am I missing anything, Sean, before we jump into Super Bowl recap? I don't think so, no. Okay, so by the numbers, can you pull up all of our stats here uh, of the Super Bowl? The Kansas City Chiefs, back-to-back, I'm not sure if I heard this enough this week, but they won back-to-back Super Bowls for the first time since your New England Patriots did so Mm -hmm. uh, in the early 2000s. Um, Sean, by the numbers, give us a Super Bowl. By the numbers, it was an overtime win for the Kansas City Chiefs, 25-22. to If I uh, click on this here, of course, I don't have the numbers ready to go. It's it's going to give me everything else except the numbers but here we go all right so let's start with the losing team unfortunately for the san francisco 49ers you had uh, brock purdy the quarterback going 23 of 38 255 yards one touchdown no interceptions juan jennings he had that touchdown throw to christian mccaffrey he looked pretty good there so he's technically one for 121 yards and a touchdown Uh, mccaffrey on the ground 22 carries 80 yards averaging just 3.6 no touchdowns uh, Debo Samuel ran the ball three times, had a little bit of an injury scare. I think in the third quarter it was uh, he he carried the ball three times, eight yards. Uh, if we go down to the receiving, it was uh, Christian McCaffrey leading the way for the Niners. Eight receptions, 80 yards, and a touchdown. Jawan Jennings also had a receiving touchdown uh, as well as uh, three other receptions for 42 yards. Debo Samuel didn't have a great game. Three receptions, just 33 yards. And then yeah, he was dealing with injuries, too. He was dealing with injuries. The really bad one was George Kittle. Two receptions, four That's yards, no touchdowns. Uh, if we go over to the victory team, that would be the Kansas City Chiefs. Pat Mahomes, 36 of 46, 333 yards, two touchdowns, did have that early interception, which was a really bad throw. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mahomes, when he needed to, he used his legs. Nine carries, 66 yards, led 7.3 average. Yep, he did lead the team. Pacheco, just 59 yards on 18 carries. If we go down to receiving, Travis Kelsey, nine receptions, 93 yards, no touchdowns, though. You would not have believed that at halftime, by the way, that that was going to be his final stat line. Really, like, slow first quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for first half rather. Uh, so, so seeing him in the stat box like that just shows how big of a second half he had. Yeah. McCall Hardman, he had the game winning touchdown, uh, as well as two other receptions throughout the game, 57 yards. And then Rashid Rice, the uh, rookie star, now Super Bowl champion, six receptions, 39 yards, no touchdowns there. Uh, Valdez Scandling did catch a touchdown for the chiefs and had 20 yards through the air. Yeah. Um, where do you want to go with this? Do you want to just I know you had a had a bit of a list. Yeah, I have a list of 10 takeaways, Take 10 words, talking right. points from the Super Bowl. And I know I'm missing a whole bunch because there's a, a hundred million of them to go through. But I have a, a top 10 that I want to I want to go through um, just kind of summing up this Super Bowl. So we'll we'll tidy up the missing pieces at the end. But let's start at number 10. I have number 10 that this is the Chiefs most impressive Super Bowl. Hands down. Um, it's not close. Uh, Patrick Mahomes went on the road. Essentially, I know the Super Bowl is is a neutral site, but let's say, I mean, they're on the road. They're traveling three times and won three times. Um, Played at home against the Dolphins in brutally cold conditions and found a way to win. And and I, I really do believe that if you were to tell me, which I believe there's a clip in the podcast somewhere of me saying this, but if you were to tell me to rank the teams from best to worst in the AFC in terms of odds to win a Super Bowl going into the playoffs, I would have said the Bills one, or it was the Ravens one, mm-hmm. the Bills two, the Dolphins three. Mm. I know the Dolphins, I was a little higher on there. Yeah, you were high step on, up on it. Uh, and then the Chiefs four. Okay. Because I just, I just didn't really see this Chiefs team doing it um, for every reason that. It, it makes makes the Super Bowl that much more impressive. They beat the Dolphins at home. They go on the road in Buffalo in that environment and beat Buffalo uh, in in a really strong way. Made a big statement, and then completely broke the Ravens. Yeah. Won on the road, won their title game into the Super Bowl. 
to then beat the 49ers, who were the best team in the NFC. Is is not enough credit given to the defense, do you think, for Kansas no, City? Their secondary is the best secondary in football. How good is that secondary? I mean, you just read the stat line for George Kittle. Yeah. I mean, seriously, you read the Debo. stat line for Debo Samuel? Yeah. I mean, think about this. I, I, honest question. If the 49ers on that goal-to-go play, where McCall Hardman catches the game-winning touchdown, were to... Say Patrick Mahomes drops that snap, 49ers recovering the game's over there. Say that happens. Who's the MVP for the for the 49ers? I would have given it to Juwan Jennings. Juwan Jennings, right? And that just comes to show that other than Christian McCaffrey, who had a strong game, kind of disappeared in the middle part of that game. I think that was a more game plan than Christian McCaffrey. But other than than Christian McCaffrey, none of their offensive stars came out to play at all. I would Juwan argue Jennings. Purdy looked good. Given I, the situation, I, I've heard a lot maybe. of people trashing Purdy. I think he looked good. I think I think Purdy still, and this is the, the, the one part that people probably overlook about young quarterbacks, and I was listening to Grant Paulson say this, um, and I think it's a great point, is that young quarterbacks a lot of times, and Tom Brady had this viral video on Twitter where he was breaking down, I, I don't know if it was Brock Purdy or not, but he was breaking down film on young quarterbacks and saying, he was essentially saying something about how a lot of times when you see quarterbacks running the ball, uh, Jalen Hurts, for example, tucking the ball and running, um, on the surface, it will look like a really good play. Hey, look, he didn't see anything downfield, tucked the ball, made a play with his feet, went for 15 yards. And Tom Brady's point was that should never have happened. If you are in a play that no one is open, you have messed something up pre-snap. You clearly didn't read the defense properly. You clearly weren't making adjustments properly. If somebody is not open of all your routes, you're either you're in the wrong play and you need to check out of that, or you know, or you you're misreading something. It's, it's on also, the quarterback. A lot it's of also times. Tom Brady saying that you know nobody right. was better at reading defenses than he no, was. But of course he's a gold standard. But I tell you that to tell you this. I think you could visually see Brock Purdy not picking up defenses correctly. And and this is not necessarily an indictment on his talent. It's an indictment on his age. And some of these guys, like Pat Mahomes, stepped in there. I know he had a year under Alex Smith. But just step in there and immediately figure it out. Some dudes just have an ability to snap like that. And I think this is a, an area of Brock Purdy's game where when you have to put the game completely on his shoulders and and you know have to rely on his ability to play chess um, when the defense is playing chess, uh, this is this is the kind of product that can happen sometimes with him. Is he gets flustered? Defenses are able to read him a little better. And, and don't get me wrong, it's not like Steve Spagnuolo wasn't looking at film and, and dissecting it himself. But I think that's where Brock Purdy fell short. But I think the point of this is that on an offensive side, the the, the 49ers were were choked out by the Chiefs. Yeah, and and it really brings you back to Lamar Jackson. Hey, the MVP, well, unanimous well, MVP this year. Well, and by the way, they were choked out by the defense after the first two drives. Like they look good the first two drives. Yeah. So you got to give all the credit in the world to those adjustments on the defensive end. And the one thing I'll say is those first two drives are your first 15, right? Every single coach is going to have a scripted first 15, first 12 plays, first 10 plays where you just have that down to a T. Um, those dudes know it like the back of the hands. They could do it with their eyes closed. Um, but as that first 10 wears off and you start getting into that 20, 25 play range, you're now having to start making adjustments based on what you're seeing, based on injuries, based on matchups, uh, based on confidence a lot of times. Um, and that's, I think, where Purdy had fallen short. But it's, it's it really is an unbelievable endorsement on just how dominant that defense was. Yeah, It just looked like Chris Jones was in the backfield all day, yeah. just all day long. I mean, from the front seven to the secondary, they were just all over the place. I think, to me, this is the most impressive run by the Chiefs, and I, I don't think it's even a discussion. I would have to agree 100%. Um, number nine on this list, uh, it was a slow start. You really might as well have skipped that first half, 10-3 to 3 lead for the Niners, um, and it was that, you know, basically field goal closing out the half for Harrison Butker that put the uh, put the Chiefs on the board. But it was a photo finish at the end. And, I mean, what a photo finish it mm. was, right? What what a game that was. You could sense, though, um, I could sense, especially at the end of the third quarter, start of the fourth quarter, that the momentum was just all with Kansas City. Yeah. And it just felt like, hold on, just, I mean, we in a way, it's like, it's almost like battening down for a hurricane, where the the strongest winds are here right now, and it's like, just just hold the line. 45 more minutes and maybe this 90 mile an hour winds 110 mile an hour winds goes down to 60 right and it's like 
we can we can deal with 60 we might we have to hold the line for 100 um and i felt like they were holding down while the hurricane was just bearing down a little bit on them but they were able to get their momentum back you i knew that if it came down to who is going to score next yeah yep. uh it was this was going this was going to go to the chiefs it was i put it this way it was destined to be the chiefs it felt like it, it right? was it wasn't even momentum it was it was destined to be kansas city winning yeah. it and I can confidently um, oh. say they're just they're just the better team. They're the best they team in the yep. NFL. They were the better team that day. Um and and really um they just deserve all the credit in the world. So really, really impressive. Um second half performance and to go to overtime was was just a ton of fun. It was a ton of fun. Um number eight on this list, I just I said Niners brutal injuries, but I it was Dre Greenlaw's injury. Oh my gosh. Was so heartbreaking. It was. Did you see any of the NFL films on Fred Warner? I, I saw that today. Yeah, Fred Warner was not break your heart. It. Yeah, he is. Uh, well, did you see the one because they were running out together to go play? Yep. Was it a punt protector? Were they going on defense? I believe they were going on defense. Were they, they, okay, they, they were, were going were on defense. They were running onto the field from a punt. Richard, from a punt. Okay. Uh, um, and and so it was Warner and Greenlaw who were running out together, and Greenlaw was doing like these weird little hops, like just firing just himself. Up. People do going. it all the time. Yeah, yep. it's, it's nothing out of the ordinary. And he kicked off his left foot, and it just looked like just if you fell. if you zoom in and see the clip, it looks like the Kevin Durant yeah. Achilles. I mean, exact same thing yep. happened. Yep, Kirk Cousins had the kind of Kirk the same Cousins, similar. Yep. Rodgers, we didn't see Aaron Rodgers as much, but it did happen. Right. Um, and he, and Fred just, Warner knew it instantly. He yeah. goes, "Oh my god!" And took his helmet and threw it off. Yeah. And threw it to the ground. Yeah. And Shanahan was, you know, he's, oh my gosh, it was a Greenlaw down. How do you get hurt? They, they, yeah. They. they it was going to a commercial. Like they don't know how the guy got yeah. hurt. He wasn't even on the field. Yeah. What an what an awful way. Awful it's just way. An awful way to, to get to, injured. To go down and it's like those. The word that has become almost like uh, just unbearable to hear anymore in sports is non-contact. Mm -hmm. Like in a way, contact injuries you can kind of see. You know, and, and in a way, a lot of contact injuries are terrible. But um, but, but it comes with the territory. Well, it's easier to also kind of get a gauge on what happened, if that makes sense, mm -hmm. right? Sometimes if a guy gets a hip drop tackle and his ankle buckles or he gets tackled and his foot gets stuck in a weird way or maybe he just gets hit in the chest really hard and he gets winded, you can kind of put two and two together and eventually get four as to kind of what happened. But when you're dealing with these guys, like I mean, you saw it with Jalen Phillips with the Miami Dolphins, right? He's in a three-point stance. He explodes off the line of scrimmage and falls down. You're like, yeah. I don't know what happened here, but the fact that he can't get up and he was not touched is an indication that something terrible happened, yeah. and he will not be seeing the field for the rest of the year. Um, so it's just awful, just awful to see for one of the best linebackers in the sport. Um, it's just terrible. I hated seeing that. And um, how much did they need him late in that game? Desperately, desperately needed him um, because one momentum is is uh, when you're fighting momentum, you need a playmaker, and he's he's just that. Uh, so it was terrible to see him go down uh, with an Achilles injury. Um, number seven on the list. I I have two controversial takes that people will not like rule-wise, um, but I don't care. Okay, let's hear them. I don't like the new overtime rule. Okay. I'm sorry. It should be sudden death. You flip a coin, you get the ball first, or you don't. Make it happen. I don't care if it's unfair. It's, it's, it's just it's what it is. Is hockey fair? Where you go into overtime and it's a sudden death. How many times have you watched a hockey game where a dude is winding up from the top of the point, makes a shot, hits off a skate, hits off a shoulder, goes five hole, and the game's over. And everything yeah. you worked for is just over. And it's like, well, it doesn't matter at this point, right? I, I am there's there's two rules I controversially just don't like. I don't need the, well, we need a chance to score two. Well, no. You flip a coin, it is literally 50-50. If you get the ball, score. If you do not, stop them. If you can't do that, I'm sorry. That's what it is. I think the field goal for field goal thing is totally fine. Okay. If you allow the team to go down the field, um, if you let them go, you know, seventy-five yards, seventy-five yards down the field, then I don't know what to tell you. Um, mm, so I, I get what you're saying. I'm not somebody that's going to die on a hill. I do like the overtime rules a little bit better. I, I if I, I just like giving both offenses. Here's a where I'm at with it. If you want to do that game, there cannot be a tie. There can't be ties. Oh, well, that that's another point. This because goes it's for a all. Ten, it's a ten, think about this. It's Now with the new rules, they have to change something about this. Mm -hmm. Because in the regular season, if you go to overtime, it's now a situation where you have a 10-minute period where 
if you score a touchdown, say you go down the field and you take six minutes off the clock and you score a touchdown. Okay, now you have the lead. Now the other team goes down the field in three and a half minutes and scores a touchdown. Then now this is inevitably inevitably going to be a tie because now you might be under a minute and a half left to go and and now it's going to be a tie. Like I want sudden death. I want it over. And in a way, whether it's well, fair or it, not, it goes fair, to sudden death after that. No, it does in the playoffs. In the regular season, it's just tied, and I hate that. No, 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 no. But the third possession. So if I each agree, teams, if but each ten minutes is not get, enough. I. But well, that's what I'm saying. And, yeah. And that's one thing that confused me is. If you remember, the Chiefs scored with technically three seconds left in overtime. There were a lot of people going like, "Oh, they need to hurry it and up." That's, like, and and nobody that's where knew. my point was for number. Oh, is seven. that is that your next point? The, the overtime clock. rules were desperately confusing, and I thought yeah. the network did a really bad job at explaining it. Am I wrong? Maybe I maybe I wasn't. I understood it. I didn't understand it very well because here's what I understood: the if one team scores a touchdown, the other team has to score a touchdown, right, uh, to get the ball back. What I was confused about was the clock situation where, okay, if this clock hits zeros and that, say the yep. Chiefs didn't, is the game over? Do we go to a second overtime? Does it not matter? And to Tony Roma's credit, he did say, I believe it was like as, if not just a little bit before, the final snap was, hey, if this clock goes to zero, it doesn't matter. We keep playing. And so my assumption for that rule would be they want to make – wouldn't apply in this because it was an indoor stadium, but they want to make the weather a fair factor. So let's just say the 49ers were going with the wind to their back. Right. After 15 minutes, they said they should say, okay, Chiefs get that. That would be my assumption on why right. they why they time it. Because if it's played in an outdoor area, in an outdoor stadium, there's obviously weather. Right. And Vegas didn't have to worry about that because it's completely indoors. Hmm. That would be my assumption for why there's a clock. But yeah, they did. They explained the rules, the scoring rules well. They did not they explain did. the clock at and all. At all. Not even like poorly at all. No, they didn't do it at all. And that's where that's what, what I mean when I said it was, I thought the network did a bad job. Because I think the scoring rules were very clearly laid out in the offseason. Like people, people well, made a massive the stink about this. <laughs> right. People made a huge stink about this in the offseason. And that's what led to the rule change. But I thought that they did a really bad job explaining the clock and kind of how that worked. So right. um, that was a little confusing. So, yeah, long story short, my assumption would be let's just say the Chiefs didn't score there. We're now at zero seconds left in overtime. The game's not over. A lot of people right. thought it would be just over. Just goes to second overtime. They, they, switch, they switch sides. Exactly. Yep. yep. So um, makes sense now. It didn't make sense at the time. Um, Christian McCaffrey, I said for number six, he just disappeared mm -hmm. in the middle of that game. And I thought the game plan for the 49ers, they, they got away from what started as a really solid plan for them, running the ball really well, and they got away from that. Um, I thought that was, a, that was just a mistake, um, especially given the fact that the secondary for the Chiefs was just on it all night. Um, I just didn't like that. You can't right put your you can't, you can't put Brock Purdy with that secondary no. in third and long situations. No, no. because Christian Christian McCaffrey was not breaking away eighty yard runs in this game. Like, let's no. be very he was not doing that. But if he's able to get four, to he was eight, getting four, four to eight. That's all you need. Yep, get that twice. Need. Even if you get three twice, then all of a sudden you're in a what? So that's six. You're you're in a third and four. Right. You're in a third and four. That is a lot different than some of these third and ten, third and thirteen, third and fifteen that the. 49ers were going up Think against. Think about the impact that an incomplete first and 10 gives you. Yeah. Think about the impact that that gives you where it's like, okay, well, what do, am I going to run this and make it third and eight, third and nine if I get stuffed? Am I going to make it at least third and six? Even if I get four yards, is third and six like a great goal to, or like yardage to go situation? No, it's not. So I thought they got away from that, and I thought that's when their momentum started to slip. Because what was starting to happen was the Chiefs were having quick defensive drives, quick defensive stops. And I think that is that immediately led you to think, oh, wait a second. This offense is off the field in four plays. And um, and it just was like, eh, well, it, Patrick Mahomes starting to get the ball. And, and it was odd because the 49ers defense were making some pretty decent stops. Oh, they stops. were on fire were to start the it. game. On fire. And it just felt like they were giving Patrick like, no, no, do it again. Do, do you know that like. We all do this, right? You remember when you were playing basketball as a kid and you would do the fake league, all right, to win the NBA Finals, three, two, and then you say one and then you throw up a shot. And you mess and up. And then you'd miss, you'd be like, one, and you pick it up and shoot it again. Then you miss it, 1.5, shoot again. You just add more time until you made it, right? Right. It felt like that's what the defense for the 49ers were doing. It's like, 
Here, Patrick, score. Well, and how Three many times? Score again. How many times against Brady, Manning, in our era, Breeze, Rodgers, and now Mahomes, did you hear people say, well, you got to limit their time of possession? It's, you just can't. It's you can't just, give people like Brady and Mahomes and others. It's oxygen great, to a fire. You, you can't give them. Yep. You can't let them win the, the possession game. You're 100% right. Um, yeah, I mean, that that to me, you're right. That was a 100% just bad game planning mistake. It just felt like, you know, a in, in a game me. like this, and really for every game, but especially the Super Bowl, use your weapons. Yeah. You know, you yeah. don't try to surprise the other team. Use what you're best at. And right. this was another point that I kind of noticed was the, the 49ers have a very confusing offense. Like they do a yeah. lot of movements, a lot of uh, motion, shifting around. Yeah. Did it seem like they kind of went away from that a little bit with the exception of the Mac uh, McCaffrey touchdown from Juwan Jennings? Didn't it seem like they just weren't moving like we were used to seeing yeah. them in the regular season? Yeah, I would say that's probably a fair analysis. It just seemed like they probably. were getting away from what got them there. Yeah, and I I think I think that's true. I think that's true. I just think the bread and butter of being simple was actually working at some point in this game. Yeah. And they got away from it. Yeah. And, and like for whatever reason they did. I mean, look, I don't. And this is the other thing. I'm not in the meeting rooms. I'm sure if Kyle Shanahan had a microphone, he'd explain and make us look like idiots. And because he, he would 100% make us look like idiots saying, well, this is why we didn't. And you guys are stupid. Right. But in terms of the eye test to me, it seemed like you were trying to you were trying to do a little bit too much. And you are putting too much unneeded weight on Brock Purdy. And and all the Brock Purdy haters would trash him this year and, and last year for doing the, the screen passes, the little dump offs. Yeah. And people, oh, well, he, he's just relying on his receivers. Well, it's winning him games. Sean, like, what, why are you upset about that? People, I know. Yeah, I'm telling you, the same people <laughs> who hate Brock Purdy hate Kirk Cousins. Yeah. And they're wrong. They're incorrect people. They're stupid. Um, when people would say to me, oh, Kirk Cousins is a bad quarterback, I would say to them back, you don't know football, and that's fine. You just don't know football. And now, watch what you—you you, you did see what happened when Kirk Cousins left the Vikings with an injury this year, right? They didn't make the they playoffs. They fell apart. No, they fell apart. Yeah. They were bad. They were awful. They went and got uh, Joshua Dobbs, who sucks, right? And it's like, you know, I—I'm—I'm I'm tired of. I, I hate those kind of well wins and losses, though. You know, it's just like no, no. Well, I'm good on you. Um, so they don't deserve as they don't deserve a seat at the table. I agree. Say. They don't deserve a seat at the table. Number five, Kyle Shanahan, 0-3 in Super Bowls. Two, there have been two overtime games in uh, the Super Bowl. He's been involved in both of them and on the losing end of both of those. And in all three games, three blown leads. He was an offensive Ouch. coordinator for the Falcons when they yep. gave up the infamous 28-3. Yes. The Patriots. Rip. 2019, when it was these two teams... Earlier, it was a 10-point fourth-quarter lead for the 49ers. The Chiefs, dude, mm. scored 21 in the fourth quarter, won the game by 11. It, it was a complete and utter collapse. You could underststand, like, down by 10, maybe yeah. I lose by four, maybe I lose by three. No, it was a solid like, that, that, that was just the, exactly. They it was just, just awful. Same thing yeah. here. So my Brutal. question to you is, is this a concerning trend for Shanahan? I know you love the Shanahans. I do love the Shanahan's. I think they're tremendous. Um, they just build fantastic teams. Um, I would say no, because on the other side of the coin is is Patrick Mahomes, who is currently on pace to do things we've never seen before. So do I think this is an indictment on Shanahan? No, actually. I just think his time is not now. Do you know those times? How many times have you seen that with with athletes where we said it to a degree with the, with the Texans this year, right? Of now the Texans just weren't good enough. But how many times have you said, "Well, these guys are great, but not now. Too Your young. time will come." Yeah. Uh, in a way, I think we need to start seeing the Shanahan situation when you're looking at a current right now dynasty with the Chiefs. Uh, you need to kind of just say. Well, dude, hate to say this, but you're just a victim of this situation that clearly is is bigger than most of us and most teams. Uh, because I think with this Chiefs team, you play, I think if the Lions played the Chiefs, they lose. I think if the you know Ravens obviously played the Chiefs, they lost. I mean, seriously, I'm, I'm going inter-conference here. Any, uh, name me the best teams, any, and if, if the Cowboys played the Chiefs team, they lose. Like, yeah. think about any solid team right now in any conference, they're losing. Uh, so I think he's just a victim of that. 
Um, so that's number five. Number four, coin toss. People were losing their ever-loving <laughs> mind in this. And me and Sean, I learned pre, um, pre-show, we are lockstep on this. Um, people were going nuts about the fact that the 49ers chose to receive the opening kickoff in overtime. Why are people freaking out about that decision? Seriously. Try to play devil's advocate for me because okay. I know we're on the same team. So the the only logic I, – I do agree with you. We are on the same team with this. The only logical explanation I've heard is – and I don't, I don't think it's logical, but the only one that kind of makes sense is people were saying, well, if you give the Chiefs the ball first, they're probably going to score. I think you and I can both agree they're getting a mm-hmm. touchdown if they get it first, which does not end the game if they have the ball first. No. And so then the argument is – so now the 49ers have four downs on every single down to get to the end zone and to continue the game. Right. That's the only logical one I, I've the heard. Only- I, it, but but Tony Romo, of all people, had the best point. He said the 49ers just got off the field defensively from what? An 11-play 11 11 drive. drive. By the way, an exhausting drive like where you were you had to hold mm-hmm. the line from Patrick Mahomes being at the 12-yard line. To score a touchdown. To score the touchdown. Out, off just out in regulation. Win the, win the Super Bowl in regulation. Your defense is exhausted. Yeah, completely. Mentally and physically. Don't put them back on the field immediately. Yeah. I know there's a little media timeout and mm-hmm. you know the coin toss and all that stuff, but let them breathe. Understand that Yes, if I'm the 49ers, I would ideally like four downs every every drive instead right. of having to make the decision between punt or field goal, which they ended up doing or whatever it may be. But I just think you got to rest your defense because Mahomes yeah. was on fire. Yeah, the only logical thing that I heard that I could say, yeah, I see that, was that it's the same thing in um, – I like using hockey references. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing in hockey when they say in shootout you want to shoot second. You never want to shoot first in a shootout because you want to know what you got to do, right? You want to know what you got to do. Um, So I can understand that. But where I think receiving it was a totally fine decision, and I think looking back on it, we can do hindsight's twenty twenty. but I I thought it was a good decision then. I'll stand by it now. I agree. And the reason is because if you get the ball there, okay, um, and you give your defense – a break, which is a really big deal. You don't want to send your defense out there huffing and puffing and Patrick Mahomes go out there and just do it. Keep the momentum going. Um, you go down there and try to set the tone. You try to punch him in the face. And for the record, they, they kind of did. They went down and scored that field goal, right? So they did get on the board. But Kyle Shanahan said this post game, and I thought it was correct. If you go down there and score a touchdown there, which unfortunately they didn't, but if they go down and score a touchdown, and the Chiefs go down and score a touchdown. It is now sudden death, and you have the ball in your hands, and you need a field goal to win it. So you've got control of the game there. You're just betting on scoring a touchdown first. Yeah. And quite frankly, it's not like it would have made a difference because if Patrick Mahomes got the ball first or second, he was scoring a he touchdown. He was great, exactly. It just didn't. And I think at that point, he made the bet, and I think he was correct in saying this, of if Patrick gets the ball, he's going to score a touchdown. I would rather do this now. I'd rather go down and punch them in the face now and do it mm-hmm. now. And uh, and I, I think that was – I thought it was the right decision then. I think it's probably the right decision now. I 100% agree. Just don't get all the screaming. Uh, what would you think of Usher, number three? I liked Usher. I thought it was good. I did too. I don't really have many opinions on this. I um, didn't know many of the songs. Oddly enough, it was weird because Usher is way more of a our generation guy. Uh, my brother in high school is a junior, rising senior – and he'll say all sorts of artists who I just I've heard of in past, but I'm just not. You know, Usher um, is is in that hip hop range of 2007, eight, nine, like that kind of range. We grew mm-hmm. up. The Chris Browns kind of area. Yeah. Oh yeah, you had those random guys like the Sean Kingston. Sean, we way too. Oh <laughs> Lord, have mercy. Do we remember all those guys? Um, I thought he was good. Like I thought he was fun. I thought his dancing was fun. I he's continued the streak for some reason of halftime show performers who love to take their shirt off. Not quite sure why, but that's okay. Um, he's got he's got a you know good set of abs, good attractive dude. Um, I thought he was fun. I didn't think it like stood out, but I thought it was fun. Prediction for next year. I don't really know what direction the NFL is going to go because I, I I've I don't know actually. Um, I think they would have loved to rope in Taylor Swift. They're just not going to do that. So um, I think they offered and she declined. She declined. Um, she's still there. Yeah, she 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 was still there. A lot less stressful. Um, 
but I don't know what they'll do. I really don't. Maybe we maybe we have a, make um, a just make a prediction. You're a music guy. Come on. I'm a music guy. Here's where I'm a little concerned about the direction the NFL is going. I'm I don't know if we're going to have a band again. Do you think we'll have a band or do Rather you think it's just going to be just individual singers? performers? Yeah. Um, I'm I'm a little concerned about that because I, I know I recently we did like have Maroon a, 5. A One Republic Lo- halftime show. I that would love be great. One Republic. That's I've seen them live happen. I don't think times. that's going to happen. Um, I think I think it would behoove them to do two bands, to do two similar bands uh, of genres. Like if you were to do a Coldplay and One Republic, you could do that. Um I wonder if they're going to get into the business of doing some sort of country artist next year, like a like a um, like Combs. a Morgan Wallen, or, yeah, or Luke Combs. I know they had Chris Stapleton do the. Um, did you do America the Beautiful? That, right? Chris Stapleton was the year prior for the national anthem. That's right. That was post Malone. Yeah, America the Beautiful. Right. With this is correct. Um, Reba, Reba McIntyre yep. was the national anthem. She did a good job. She I think she good. did a yeah. good job. Post Malone was great too. Yeah, he's weird. I, and, and, <laughs> I, and weird is in like I don't know what he like. He he's in this weird like Machine Gun Kelly kind of range of like what the hell even are you? Are you a hip hop dude? Are you a country dude? He has a bolo tie on. I'm like, what the hell's going yeah. on here? Um, he seems like a nice enough fella, but just kind of like what what is going on? Um, if I had my dream halftime show, Shawnee. I'm having John Mayer go out there and play Gravity, the extended version, and just do a solo for 15 minutes. Okay. Um, I don't know. Um, I I would say Morgan Wallen. That's I would say prediction? go get go get a country artist. They're not going to do that. Um, and if they were to get a country artist, go get Kenny Chesney. But um, he puts on a hell of a show. Uh, I would say somebody like Morgan Wallen would would be that's your would prediction. Be a fun one. Right. I, I don't think it's going to happen. I'm going to go Ariana Grande next year. That would be so annoying. She is such an irritating character. I think she has a lot of great songs, though. I she like, does, I like but some she's of her songs. so irritating. Yeah, I'll well. never get over the fact that she went into a cupcake shop, licked a cupcake, and then put it back. Yeah. <laughs> you forgot about that. Yeah. No, no, Sean. <laughs> never forget about that. That was what, like 2017? Whatever it was, it was It was just, it <laughs> shall never be forgotten. I completely forgot. That's a good one. Never forget I forgot about, about that. The I do, worst I do thing that's ever that happened. Uh, uh, any ads stand out to you? Much better this year. I thought oh so, too. Oh, my gosh. Much better. So too. First of all, apparently just Hollywood's been doing nothing but working. I don't know what that whole after strike was. Did you, how many promotional trailers were there yeah, trust for me, advertisements? After my ass. They, they were not striking this Sag year. They, they, after yeah, my ass. They were not striking. They were, were, they were making trailers. Um, a lot of trailers. The one that's, I mean, you got to give me the two Tom Brady ones. with mm-hmm. The one with Wayne Gretzky and yeah. then the one with um, yeah. where it was uh, Matt Damon and... Uh, Ben Affleck dancing. Yeah, oh, tremendous. With the Dunkin', with that was Dunkin', Dunkin', Dunkin' Yeah, that was, that was I thought one. they did a great job with that, that was one. a funny one. Uh, my Uber one, Ross and Rachel. Yep. I'm a friend's freak, so that was the best. Uh, you showed me that before. Got got a sneak preview of that before the Super Bowl, and it's just the best. The Eminem one where they're like, oh, we, we polish our uh, almost championship rings with a sigh of almost winners. It was great if they <laughs> got Matt Ryan. Yeah, I, I think it was that, too soon, but yeah. if they were able to get him, that would have been really, funny. I don't really think funny. he was accepting that role. No, I don't think so, but it would have <laughs> been really glad, funny. He would gladly say, absolutely the hell not. <laughs> um, very interesting. I, um, yeah, I thought that a lot, I thought it was creative. I thought it was a, a lot less lecturing. Mm-hmm. I feel like ads have become very lecturing about how I should feel about certain things. Um, so I, I thought this year was actually a really good job. They were good. At, like, they, just kind they, of being they, funny. I don't think there was a single... One that was purposely funny that at least didn't make you smile. Yeah, correct. I, I, I thought they were. I mean, nothing, nothing. Uh, again, I don't think anything that made me like really die laughing. Um, I remember a couple Dorito commercials in the past that have been just really, really funny. Mm-hmm. I remember the Geico commercials, A Real Man of Genius, were always hysterical. <laughs> um, I, I will always, I think the modern day progressive becoming your parents is hysterical. I think the, that's a great campaign. They're, it's good. I think they're dragging it out a little bit. It's, it's getting a little bit on, like some of the more yeah. recent ones, you're like, all right. I've, I've laughed at every one of them. And it's funny because okay. I think I look for every reason to not like an ad for some reason commercials. Like I'm very critical of <laughs> those ones will just never get old for me. Not sure why they're just they're just tremendous uh but i thought the ads were decent this year uh ads were decent number one on my list my 10 takeaways of the super bowl shawnee i said mahomes is on a new level and i said this to you before the show i have noticed a lot of my tom brady fan friends (laughs) starting to get a little nervous so i need i need to check in on you first of all how are you 
What am I nervous about? All right, Tom Brady made this point. Did you before just hear the that Super tone, Bowl. everybody? Everybody just heard that tone. No, You're no, nervous. No. no, Tom Brady made this point before the Super Bowl. He said, "Mahomes doing something does not take away from what I did, and what I did doesn't take away from what Mahomes did, other than beating him in a Super Bowl." But that's a different topic and an <laughs> AFC Championship. <laughs> Let's just remember hurt. that when we get to the talking points of who's better. Um, I think we said a couple podcasts ago. I think I remember this. That Mahomes did something that Tom Brady was able to finally do where he he did it without really much. I mean, I don't want to say much of a team. He's obviously got superstars, but he didn't have the complete team that we're used to Mahomes doing. Tom Brady very much had that that same thing, especially like the Atlanta comeback. Um, Gronkowski wasn't in that game. I don't know if you remember that. Gronkowski was out. No, he didn't no, play. He was out. Yeah. He was out. And so Brady was so good at rallying otherwise mediocre players and making them great. And I think this Super Bowl and this Super Bowl run in this season, Mahomes was able to prove that he's on that level of yeah. being able to take otherwise meh Do you talent know who his top two receivers great. were at this year? Rasheed the, uh, Rice? No, his top, not this year, I'm sorry, for the Super Bowl. His top two receivers in the Super Bowl. Kelsey? Nope. Top two receivers? Pacheco? Receivers. I mean receivers. Like wide receivers. Travis Kelsey is a tight end. So, yeah, he was the oh, number one okay. receiver, but, but I'm saying receivers. Not receptions. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. okay. Sorry, wide receivers. Receivers. Um, was it Marquise Valdez-Scantling? No? Miko Hardman, who was on the Jets. Okay. Caught the game-winning touchdown. And Justin Watson, who I couldn't pick out from a Harris Teeter, mm. right? Um, he also led the Chiefs in rushing in this game. Okay, here's some, here's some home stats. In six years, he has three titles. In all six of those years, he went to an AFC title game, and he's won four of those. And he has 15 playoff wins, third all-time. The wow. second of all-time is Joe Montana himself, who has 16. So really, next year, he, he should pass Joe Montana and get to second overall. Behind Tom Brady, who has 35 in 22 <laughs> years. Uh, 35 is unbelievable. That's, that's right? awesome. Unbelievable. Um, but as I said to you before the show, he's on pace. Now, again, he's not going to ever get here. But he's on pace for 81 playoff wins. 81 playoff wins. Um, you haven't seen anything like this. I mean, usually you have to go... How, how long do you have to go? after? Typically, when you see somebody like Montana, how long do you have to wait to see Brady? At least 30 years. I mean, you feel 20, like you 30. have to see, right? And Brady kind of trailed Montana pretty pretty quickly. Montana finished his career with the Chiefs in the 90s, and then Brady came around to so the Patriots. So 10 years there, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. But I think it was pretty clear. Briar, and ten years later, you realized, "Whoa, this this dude is is legit." Um, and here we are again with Patrick Mahomes, dude. I mean, the Chiefs are a dynasty, and Patrick Mahomes is a superstar. Um, I just we haven't seen anything at this pace like this before. Yeah. Um, which is nuts. Well, I mean, he, I mean, so he has three Super Bowl rings. Obviously, we don't know what the next however many years are going to look like. Right. I mean, Brady won three in his first five years in mm -hmm. the league, four as a starter. And then he went on a 10-year drought where he made two, lost them both. Right. So you just, you, you, you know, it's, know. It, it's easy to be like, oh, he's won three so quickly. He's going to be, you know, he's on track to win 12. You, you don't know what ups and downs they're going to get to. You know what I mean? A couple downs. I'm, I'm hoping for a couple downs, aren't we all? <laughs> no. Uh, I mean,. Wouldn't you like to see a new AFC team in Listen, there? Listen, I'd like to see Taylor Swift off my TV, yeah, there you um, go. but I'd like <laughs> to see is. a lot of things I'm not going to get. Um, I just think that that really puts the the cherry on top of what this Chiefs season has been, right? I mean, you, you might have the best quarterback of all time. You might have. Yeah. Uh, probably, I'd say the best quarterback of all time in terms of all arm talent. You know, the best winner, but best clutch player, we'll, we'll have to see. But I think the best arm talent quarterback you'll ever see. Um, and it just kind of just shows you that he has entered the category that Tom Brady entered, and Tom Brady entered this very early, where LeBron James is like this in, in basketball, where it's like, well, LeBron's there, so they're going to be contenders. Yeah. What other NBA player have you said that about in, in years? You, you didn't, did you really say that about Kobe? Maybe. Kobe with, yeah, no, that was Lakers years. They were very, well, Kobe very with good. Shaq, yeah, totally. Well, the, the Celtics, well, the Celtics was their big three. Mm -hmm. And the Heat were the big three. But you're talking individual players. You have to, yeah, you have to go back to Michael Jordan. Yeah. That's it, right? Um, and then before that, you know, I'd have to call my buddy Lake Lewis. He knows he knows basketball. But I just think, um, I think we've just hit this, this target now where you're going, well, un until proven otherwise, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs will be Super Bowl contenders. And that's that. That's just that. And I, I mentioned to you before the podcast that not only that, but 
Patrick Mahomes has to be considered the favorite in every game he's playing. Even yeah, even if yeah. even if Vegas is like, oh, well, technically it's a point two, you know what? Any yeah, any oh, of that, cr- yeah, yeah, yeah. any of that yeah. crap, you got to consider Mahomes the favorite. He just yeah. has the ability to win games. He does win games when they need to be won. Yeah, which is not which is not an easy thing to do. By nope. the way, nope, not an easy thing to do. But he makes it look unbelievably easy. Joe Burrow, you're the only one who saved us before. Please come back and do it again. Can you imagine? <laughs> I mean, think about these guys this year in the AFC: Lamar, Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously Josh Allen and those guys and Kyle Shanahan should start a podcast called, well, I guess not yet. Yeah. I mean, because like, it's just where we're but at. What, right what's now. so interesting. I always find this so interesting. Like, all right, what if Tyler Bass makes that field goal and it goes to overtime? You know, it's, funny, you know what I mean? It? Like, this it's is, just one is, of those things that's like, all right, well, if the bills win, then we're not having this conversation. This is football, but this is sport. I guess that's a big it, it, yeah, sport conversation. It's a sports, yeah. Again, like I said, I have seen hockey pucks bounce off of things that they were clearly not intended to bounce into and dudes celebrating and jumping against a glass and gloves going in the air. And you're going, well, I hope you understand that if it wasn't for the corner edge of that skate, you mm-hmm. don't have a cup. Like yeah. I've seen that. I, it's a hundred percent true. So it's just sports. And man. so that, that, you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, all the years that are to come for Patrick Mahomes, yeah, I mean, the guy's going to continue to win Super Bowls, Nuts. but also you don't know who's going to come in there, and it could be a dink off an upright. It could be anything that just could be a that slows the doink. momentum. Yeah, it could be a double. It could be anything. God, Chris um, Collinsworth loved saying double, double doink. doink. What does Chris push. Collinsworth love saying more, tush push or double doink? Well, I'll tell you. I think that's his uh, quote. I'll tell you, end quote. But here's a guy. That, here's, that's a guy here's a guy. Here's a guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah here's, here's a guy. guy is his thing. <laughs> so there's my Chris Collins. How, how, all right, one, one more. I'm going to add this at the zero. How'd you like the Tony Romo and Jim Nance? I. This is number zero on our list. I'm going to. I'm just going to say this. I think Tony Romo has to be one of the most likable people on the planet. I think if there was anyone I would, if I could just invite somebody over for dinner right now, he would be on the list. I love Tony Romo. I think he's such a good dude. I think he actually does, he's very smart and he knows his stuff. And and there's, every time I watch him during a game, he always said something new that I You're about to trash his commentary here. No, I I (laughs) thought what he did, I thought his, listening to that Super Bowl winning call, was so painful for me to hear when Jim Nance is making his signature call and Tony Romo's talking. Did you hear what he had said? I didn't hear it in the time because I, my I, brother and I were not happy. We were I yelling. want you. I know we were too. Trust me, there were words in our family room you don't want to listen to. But he, he literally was talking. He's like, "Oh, there's a Super Bowl." He said that as Nance is making his signature I, I did, call. I, when I listened to it, I did hear that. Yeah, that is so bad. Like it's so. I don't I'm not sure how to what a good comparison would be. Uh I don't know what a good comparison would be. It would almost be like uh a chef, okay? A, a Michelin star chef <laughs> is putting together this final dish. It's like mac. in ratatouille, you know in ratatouille he's putting ratatouille, yeah, putting it all together. You know, puts the garnish around, drizzles a sauce, puts a little basil right on top. It's this beautiful, pristine piece of art. And then I come and put easy cheese all over it. Spray cheese all over it. It's it's what he did. It just felt like, oh, you you just put spray can cheese over my Chilean sea bass. Well, I, I'm gonna have to kill you. I thought he was. I, I honestly thought he was bad. You I thought, thought, it, I thought, I thought Romo was bad. I I think Nance is 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 good. Um, I, like I don't. Jim Nance I, I, I like Jim Nance too. I, I'm not. I I I prefer Tarico. I think I prefer Buck. Um, I I'm not sure. I I don't think Nance is 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 there for me. I think him with the Masters is about as good of a he's about as good of a vault, golf voice as you have. Um, but yeah, I thought Romo was bad again, okay. and it just drives me nuts because in a way I think the only feeling you should be left with the color commentator is either you didn't really notice him or he was good. If he detracts, that's a problem because for networks, right? For example, like a network, the whole money is in your play by play guy. And your color guy is supposed to be I mean, Charles Davis is great. Um, no, I do you not like Charles Davis. I don't like Charles it's, Davis I, one bit. I, I, I don't understand that. Whatsoever. Really? You've never heard that from anybody else? Never in my life. Okay. I mean, I, I went golfing with a play by play voice for the Wizards. He used to work with Charles Davis. Said, oh, I'm not. I, no, 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 no. But like he he's his preparation, the way he does, like he's and he's very and it plays out. I think he's tremendous. Greg Olson, 
Greg Olson's oh, a Greg Olson's an all-star. He's a 10. Yeah. He's a 10. I I love Greg Olson. Um and I think I think Tony well, he got he kind of well, was, I know. He, I was he had his hand jokingly. held and just walked out the door like, hey, man, we'll, yeah. we'll send you down. Uh, Tom Brady's coming. <laughs> so yeah. bye. Yeah. yeah. Enjoy calling the Jaguars and Browns. Um, Where's he going? He's staying with Fox. I think he's just going down a team. Oh, is he, so is he with Joe Davis now? I don't know. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I have to look into that. Um, but bottom line, I think I think Tony Romo's weird vocal. Yeah, Jim. That's always annoying. That's always been annoying. But I thought his the the and I think it was a network problem. The lack of being clear on the overtime rules was was a was a big thing. I think he got really excited about calling, guessing plays, and, and predicting plays. That's not your job. Your job is not to predict a play. Your job is to tell me what's happening, why it happened, and some things to look for. Twenty eighteen AFC Championship. He did predict a lot of plays one hundred percent correctly. Totally. But I think he got really excited about yeah. that and has just overdone that now at this point because there was a couple times. During the Super Bowl, he was like, well, here's what they're doing. And he would draw it, and they would just do the opposite. And you're like, <laughs> well, just don't do that, right? Don't do that. Like, may, Maybe just let, let it happen, and then tell me why it happened. Because I'm, I'm a mouth breather. A lot of these people watching are dullards. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're watching. So if you were to tell them make up crap after a play, 98% of the population is going to believe you. Just do that. But when you draw a post route and then the dude does a stop route, it's like, eh, I think now everyone can see what what, what that was. Yeah. So I didn't think it was <laughs> tremendously good. Um, anything else? Am I missing anything else? Trying to think. Oh, you never got to Travis Kelsey shoving Reed. I'm going to get into that because oh, okay. we're going to have to get into that next episode um, because that was upsetting. All I'm going to say is, do you think Chris Cooley would do that to Joe Gibbs? Do I think any other tight end would do that to anybody? Would Rob Gronkowski what? have done no, that it's to not Bill would. Belichick? It's what would Belichick have done if Rob Gronkowski did that? You know what? I guess we're getting into this right now. I, you know what? Screw next episode. <laughs> There's no more. Sean. 101 is it? I was so aggravated watching that, and, and it stuck with me because the, the thing that was amazing is that when they won, it just went away, and you knew it would go away. You know, oh, wait, if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, they're all going to be hugging and loving each other and blah, 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 mm-hmm. and when they're asked about it, oh, we're just passionate. You know, Travis cares about the game. You know if they lost, there would be some stuff, and there would be some stuff coming out. That reaction, that visceral anger reaction, does not come from somebody who is has a professional mental ability to disseminate information in his head and act like an adult. Yeah, I just I could, uh, Chris Cooley does that to Joe Gibbs. Chris Samuels is jumping him. Like wh- Rob Gronkowski does that to Bill Belichick. He's benched. He's, uh, but what happens before he gets benched? Who hits him? Like, seriously, Everybody. who uppercuts him? Yeah. Can you imagine? I just thought that was so ridiculous, and and it's it's such a lack of professionalism and realizing that your coach has a role, dude. And whether you like it or not, I mean, one of the things we were instilled at a very young age when I played flag football was don't run your mouth to the official, mm-hmm. don't do it, and if you do, your coach might not come after you. Your players might not come after you. The other officials might not even come after you. Your parents. Your dad, my dad, will come over to you and meet you on the sideline. And by on the sideline, I mean on the field and drag you off by your <laughs> ear. Right? It's There is a pecking order at times where you realize where your place is. And, and understanding on a national stage, and this is the other part that comes with being a professional. We say this about you know when you're playing in the World Series. You're in the All-Star game. There's cameras and microphones everywhere. Right? What are you doing? There's a reason. Do, do you know that there's a reason why that audio has not come out? Do, do you, you, we have audio of Fred Warner reacting to the to the injury. We have audio and video of every coach mic'd up about what they said about that injury. We have audio and video from everything. We don't have audio and video from that. Why? Because it's bad. Because it's bad. Because he didn't say, hey, Andy, can I please get the ball? Please, pretty please. I'll run a good route. He didn't say that. Or, hey, Andy, I'm frustrated. I want the ball. Like, it's, I'm... I'm over watching um, adults that are compensated enough, respected enough, and on a stage enough to act like adults, and they just don't do it. So I have a couple first questions for you. If the Chiefs were to find him just within the organization, do they have to disclose that? No, not at all. They don't. So Okay, no, so they could have. Because you can say conduct detrimental to what? To my contract. Oh, well, what's in your contract? I don't know. Who cares? It's, it's, it's disclosed. You can say conduct detrimental. But no, no, no. I'm, I'm saying like, all right, theoretically, they find him half a million dollars. Does ESPN 
Are they are they under some NFL contract no. where they have to tell the media no. we find a player? Okay. Well, have to. That's oh, okay. So you're saying team reporting fines? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Does oh, does a team I don't have know. to I'd report? I have to look into that. Okay. That's so, a really good question. Because my thing is, if they don't have to, I would assume he's getting some sort of penalty. He's getting some sort of penalty in the building if that happens. But they don't want it getting out because, like you said, they're playing it as, oh, cool. Well, it's just, you oh, know, well, they won the Super Bowl, things. so no yeah. one cares. Right? Nobody it cares. Matter. But I, I just, I, I'm under the impression that something something has to be done. I mean, to me, that's worth a half a million dollars. And for, for people of who a are saying deduction. he's passionate, why do you care? It's not that big of a deal. No. You are setting a cultural tone where if you can go up to your coach and essentially hit your coach, like, what, what are we doing? Like, what in the world are we doing? It's just nuts, man. I, I'm 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 completely and utterly over. Um, I'm completely and utterly over the Chiefs. I, I, I've been. I don't know why they've been frustrating me so much this year. But like, I I I didn't necessarily have an issue with Travis Kelsey until he's just become insufferable. Yeah, and it's just so frustrating because I'm sure he's a great dude. If you run into him, I'm sure he's an. I mean, his brother's podcast is really fun to watch and blah blah blah. It just in moments where you have to be an adult. Just be an adult, please. Here's the point I'll make, the last point I'll make, and it's kind of a question for you. With what we've seen from the Chiefs this year, you've had multiple helmets be thrown by Kelsey. Yep. You've had that massive Patrick Mahomes blow-up that we've never seen before. Yeah. And then this blow-up in the Super Bowl, shoving your coach. And by the way, what was this, first quarter, early second quarter? Like yeah. it, it was early. No, it was in the early game. enough in the game to where like, what is going on? So, with like, you? so clearly, this reaction is not about just one thing. Not about one thing, which is my point. Because you know, if you get to the fourth quarter and your offense sucks and you're getting blown out, yeah. thirty-three to nothing. Okay, tempers flare. Whatever, we'll get over it. But for this to happen early in the game, I'm wondering if just in the locker room, players just don't like each other. And and you know how when you don't have a coworker that you like. You might start getting annoyed by four o'clock for the first month, and then it's three o'clock, and then it's by lunch you're annoyed with them. And at some point, you just show up to work annoyed, and when you're done with work, you're still annoyed. Like you mm -hmm. just don't want to you you don't want to deal with them at all. Is this the same situation where there are people in the locker room that just don't like each other, and and they take the field angry at it, and it and it comes out in ways like this, yeah. or Mahomes freaking out, or Travis Kelsey throwing his helmet multiple times this year. Yeah. Or uh, Mahomes screaming at Rashid Rice in the Super Bowl. You remember that yeah. over over not continuing a route into the end zone. I'm just I'm like this just strikes I, me as there yeah. are people in this locker room that hate each other. I don't I don't think that I think you don't I, think that no not at all. I think what this is is a very simple bit. It's the same thing that you see when when kids are out in restaurants and they're four five and six like they're well old enough now to be able to control their emotions and they're throwing hissy fits right. You see like kids are like wait a second you're not three you're not one you're throwing a hissy fit why well because you, you've been able to get away with it right there's right. never been a ramification for it so in a way what, what that shows you is actually not that it's pent up it shows you that they're expressing their emotions there and then at the time but why wouldn't we, why, why does it seem like it's this season is the worst we've ever seen the chiefs i i don't i don't necessarily know i don't know those guys i'm not in the locker room i i, I can't i don't even have a good guess for you but what I can say is that if you are going to allow your star tight end to go shove your coach and scream at his face and treat him like that, I'm sorry. I said I said at the time, I looked at my brother, I said, if I'm his head coach, I'm taking his helmet from him and saying, I'll see you in the third quarter. Sit your ass at your locker room and I'll see you at the third quarter if you decide to behave yourself. I'm not kidding. I don't care who the hell you are. No grown man is going to speak to me that way. Like, I'm not going to let a grown man yell at me like that. Like, there's there's certain times as, as people, as, as employees, as bosses, whatever, we, we go through processes. We, you know, we're frustrated. We say things, blah, blah, blah. But there's, like, a manhood thing where if a dude comes up and you and, and screams at you or treats you like a child, then That's it's like, different. okay, I'm, I might have to kick your ass here. Or or some something's going to have to go down because you just can't speak to me that way. And that's how it feels to me with this Andy Reid thing where it's like, dude, you, you can't just set that tone, that culture of, Oh yeah, you're just going to get away with this, no problem. And the Super Bowl is the ultimate cologne. I mean, this is the ultimate sauvage with Johnny Depp coming around, spraying everybody down, making everything smell good. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe it's not that big of a deal. It, you know what? I can confidently say it's probably not a big deal. But to me, it's a sign of I don't know, man. Dude, I, what I, are we I, doing? I yeah. What I just doing? I just think if that was any other coach, that would be asses a, would be kicked. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Say that much. So.
that's all I got, man. Glad we got into that. We'll, we'll uh, save other stuff for next episode. Other stuff sound? for next episode, which includes you all, our fine listeners. Mailbag returns next week. 2023 season in the books. Shawnee boy, as he looks at Pug lying on the couch. Sean, don't you love Pug? Pug is great. Hey, Pug's Pug. Look at Pug. Speak. Living, living the dream over does there. Does he speak? Does he speak? He absolutely does not speak. <laughs> yeah, he does eat, though. Um, that he, he won't bark at me on command. Certainly not, unfortunately. Uh, Shawnee, good to see you, brother. Yes, thank you. And a happy Friday to all of you. It is Friday, February 16th. So enjoy your Friday. Have a great weekend. We'll be back next Friday on After Further Reviews. So make sure you're tuning in, subscribing, liking all the good stuff. We will see you then. And as always, I'll catch you guys on the other side.